Hey, Stand Up Retail family. It is your favorite digital mentors. Uh, and Ed and I are back with another super quick lesson. Um, but this one I think is really relevant for new leaders or leaders who are struggling uh, to get results through their team or get the results that they feel they deserve. Um, it's a lesson that um, all leaders learn. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> all leaders learn this lesson. And sometimes that can come later in a career than most people think. Today, what we're gonna do is we're gonna teach you one step in how you can maximize your results through your team, whether you are a brand new leader or new to a role or location or company, or if you are struggling to get the results that you feel that you deserve or that you'd like to see. Newsflash, um, you are going to get asked a ton of questions as a leader, and a lot of them are going to be very vague. <laughs> right, Ed? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and I, I would have to say that it was one of the most shocking things um, that I realized when I got into leadership, because when you aren't in leadership, you are asked very specific things. Mm -hmm. So it's really hard to hear a vague question and know exactly <laughs> what your boss is asking sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, like, and that can be a very frustrating experience, especially for a leader who might be new to a company or new to a role. Sometimes you even feel inadequate and that's what we want to avoid. So we're going to teach you how to not get caught in the trap of answering these vague questions um, out of frustration, but we're gonna teach you a way that you can be prepared for these types of questions throughout the entire year. But above and beyond that, how you can use that same information from the exercise we're gonna walk you through to actually outperform what your boss probably thinks you're capable of when you're in a new role um, or showcase that you are changing your results the right way by shifting your perspective to your team. So Ed, what, what are some questions that your boss, not, not recent boss, but your boss is in at the beginning of your career. Let's go back to like being brand new leaders. Cause we've all been in those, um, in that position. Um, what were some of the vague questions that really frustrated you that you felt you answered wrong? Well, I would say it's more so about like the like these fake questions they come in in many different variations like you know rate your team or or tell me about so and so on your team and in your mind you don't really know what that is and and you like without something like this you start to answer those questions like oh she's really great or she's always on time or you know she yeah. oh, she always sits so in when we need her you know what i mean and so yeah. those are the things that you start answering in that in those moments because it was un unexpected and trust me i've been there carrie's been there 
And, you know, it's it happens a lot, especially when you're a new leader. And, you know, I've stepped in that poop a lot, I will admit. <laughs> we all step in that poop. Exactly. So, you know, I you know what I would love to hear from new leaders or struggling leaders that have fallen into this trap. Give me down in the comments, list some of the questions that you've been asked. And then, you know, by the end of this video, I'm hoping that we'll be able to answer all those questions for you by yes. simply doing what we call a talent analysis of your team. So we're going to teach you how to do a free form on the fly team talent analysis today. And it's an exercise that has a ton of value um, and benefits and business cases. And we'll talk about that later. Um, but we're really just going to dig into what is a team talent analysis right now. So Ed, can you just give us a quick overview about what a team talent analysis is? Because talent is kind of a vague word, right? Right. Very, very. Um, so what is it? It's well, basically, it's it's a method that as a leader, you will use that it reviews the talent landscape of your team and it uh, it kind of gives you a pulse of, you know, the successes that are required to make whatever goal that you need to make within your team. Um, these could be big, they could be small, and um, you can be all, it, it's varying from any type of manager. You could be a leader of a big team, a small team. Um, it, you could be a single level employee and still use this analysis, analysis mm -hmm. to help you. Okay. So basically it's getting the right people in the right place. Exactly. The right results. Exactly. All right. Well, I think by reviewing the fact that any level of leader, um, particular, particularly for a new leader or a struggling leader, um, this is the point of our lesson where we're going to talk about perspective because it's, it's really easy, uh, particularly if you are a leader who has a larger team underneath you. Um, if you're just stepping into that role, uh, you you sometimes can lose perspective because you want to get right to the root of the issue or the challenge um, or the obstacle that's stopping you from actually getting the result that you want personally for yourself. Um, and you might skip over your direct reports and go right to what you think the issue is. And that's why a team talent analysis is really critical to be comfortable doing because as a leader, it helps make sure that your focus stays on the people that you need to be focused on. Right. So the reason I say perspective is important is, you know, Ed could probably give you a really good example of, you know, the type of leader he was when he first started out. I could tell you, you know, I would say, hey, Ed, one to ten, how would you rate yourself as a first-time new leader in terms of your effectiveness and success? Yeah, I would definitely say in the beginning, as a new leader, I would probably rate myself on a scale from one to ten, probably a two or a three, honestly, looking back now. 
I mean, yeah. of course, then I didn't think I was a two or three, but now looking back and knowing what I know. What did you think yes, you were? I, oh my God, I, I was an 11. Please, are you kidding me? <laughs> There's that confidence but, that definitely got yeah, you higher. Exactly. Confidence is what got me higher, but it was what I did with that confidence in that role. And, you know, looking back in retrospect, I was probably a, like I said, a two or three. I, it was tough. I was, I was not, it was not what I was expecting going into that role. And it did took me you, a while to get there. Did you have the right perspective? Do you think you, you looked at your job from the right angle from the get-go? And if you if you didn't, what was missing? What do you think was missing? I will, what were I will tell you for me when I went into the job, it was about me. It was always all about me. It was about you hitting my your success. numbers. Yes. And I thought that the only way that I could get those numbers was I became a manager because the only way that I could get that numbers or be that successful was me. I was the only one that can do that because I controlled that and it took over. It took over okay. me as a beginning manager. So when, um, so you don't think you had the right perspective because you were just exactly. focused only on yourself and your efforts and your skill exactly. and you actually doing the thing that got the result. Yep, okay. exactly. Um, that's what I mean by new leaders falling into this perspective um, trap. We'll just call it a perspective trap. Yeah. Being a leader means it's not about you. <laughs> and the lesson, the hard lesson we talked about at the very beginning is when your boss or somebody even higher than your boss looks you square in the eye and says, hey, <laughs> stop. It's not about you. Yeah. Um, and that's that is a turning point for, I would say, probably every leader um, in their career. Yep. Um, Ed, how how far into your career do you think in years, terms of years, how long did it take you to have that realization? Not that, I mean, you may have been told that, but, but like to actually understand it and shift how you led. Yeah, it was honestly, it was probably about four, maybe almost probably about my fifth year into it is when I realized that that was when I was hit with that brick wall, that it wasn't about me. So you weren't figuring out how nope. to get the right people nope. in the right place to get the right results. Nope. Because I was trying to get myself in the right place. You know what I mean? It was all about focusing on me. And the interesting thing is for four or five years, even if I look back on it, there may have been moments throughout that, but I didn't identify with those moments because mm -hmm. no one pointed them out to me until five years later. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, the purpose of this quick lesson is to teach new leaders or people who are struggling and getting results that they feel should be better because they want the results to be better. If you're a struggling leader or a brand new leader, this lesson is for you. This yes. lesson is going to teach you how to shift your perspective to where it needs to be and give you a quick exercise about how you can analyze the people you lead to structure it for 
success for them and because their success builds up to your success. Right, exactly. So doing this free form or on the fly version of a team talent analysis is super easy. It's really just three steps um, because ultimately a team talent analysis is a lot simpler and easier than probably your employer makes it seem. Um, particularly, ooh, particularly if you are a new leader and you're unfamiliar with their systems or their processes or their language or their lingo, like you don't need to know any of that stuff to be able to do the exercise that we're going to walk you through. Um, and like I said, it's three steps. So simple. Um, what it is, is number one, you got to pull together all the relevant metrics. Okay, or KPIs or results or whatever, whatever you, you, your organization calls it. Um, what do I, what do I mean by pull to round up all the metrics, Ed? So those are things that you're going to pull together. Like you said, whatever's relevant within the organization. These are things that are measurable. These Got are it. things yep. that are going to be like, you know, sales plans, uh, you know, if there's a customer service scoring or things like that, these new are those clients, like added, like things. Yeah, <laughs> new clients, client, client volume, client dollar. These are things that your organization use on a day to day. This is data that that is actually given to you. You are just going to lay that out, however you said, either on a spreadsheet. Uh, an Excel spreadsheet or even on a piece of paper where you list your employees and you write these met these relevant metrics um, down. And these are metrics that either someone is making or not making. Yep. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so this is not a process where you're going to be ranking someone, you know, perfect and, you know, a one, two, three. This is a metrics they're either making it or not making. So this is um, this is truly like numerical, right? Like exactly. Yes, like almost like a yes, no, or you know, exactly. or if they did like we'll use sales plan, um, we'll use like or sales goal. You know, yeah. they if they met it, they were one hundred and four percent. If right. they didn't meet it, they were negative five percent right. or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, but there's so all sorts of different is, metrics, yeah. right? You know, and some members of your team might not actually have the same uh, measurables right. that they are responsible for. Um, and mm -hmm. I would be afraid of that. You don't need to make a different spreadsheet for every every type of or group of people that you oversee. You can put them all on this one piece of paper and don't be afraid to say like, well, if somebody is not responsible for, you know, cleanliness score of our bathrooms, I'm just making something up. <laughs> um, or if it's not relevant for them to make sure that you stay on budget for office supplies, right? but it is for your administrative executive or your administrator or your administrative employee, you know, right. you can put NA next to anybody yeah. that it it right. doesn't apply to. Because, yep. and, and I really like the way that you said that you're not going to rank them because yeah. you may say like, well, maybe I want to find out who 
rank them in order of the best performance in sales okay. to goal. This isn't that point. Or maybe I want to rank them in, you know, the best employee engagement, mm-hmm. um, you know, score or um, what have you. But it, it kind of gives you this ability to just be unbiased and just like say, this is who and this is what the static black and white result is. Yeah. There's no subjectivity right. to it at all. It's this is the result of the person. Right? Yep. I like that. Um, The second thing you're going to do is you're going to create another form, um, but that form is going to have their skills on it or the skills that your company um, looks for or um, measures, um, if there are specific measurables or if there are certain requirements within a role. Um, And you're going to list those. Again, very unbiased, very Mm -hmm. black or white, like they either have it or they don't. Um, And, you know, these are the skills like are proactive, good communicator. Like I'm just picking some soft skills, but like those might be like engages with their team, you know, trusts, (laughs) you know, meets expectations. Like those are, those might be, you know, just some random examples of some skills, but you're not going to rank them, but you are going to rate them. Yeah. You know, you want to know, you know, out of the 10 people that you have, how are they at effective communication? Where do they fall? Yeah, one to ten. One being they yeah. have they're very challenged. Ten being they're masters at it. Um, right. And again, this is non-judgmental. This is yep. have they exhibited this? Um, it, you know, based on observations, um, has it helped them? Has it hurt them? Um, and again, you could be able to rank them in the future based on if you need to find out who your best communicator is. You can go and then say, well, this is my best communicator. Um, This is the person I want to spearhead this campaign or run this event or um, address, you know, a client group um, because it allows you that snapshot of skills in one place um, that where you don't have to kind of go back and fumble through it um, on the fly. Uh, and the last thing you're gonna do, number three, is you're gonna make one last little list um, or one last spreadsheet. And it really is, and this is the only one that I feel is is somewhat subjective, but it's also fact-based, um, which is why it's number three. You do this one last. Yeah. Number three is you wanna take your list of your team and you want to, you want to, state what you feel their potential is either their potential in their role their potential for advancement their potential um within the company um and potential is very subjective if you do not have data to back it up when you have the results and all the metrics and you see what they're capable of and then you have actually have an assessment of what their skill level is and what their proficiencies are, you can make a fairly educated, um, I wouldn't even say guess, but prediction about a person's potential 
particularly within an organization that you have started working for and you've learned the culture of. Um, So that's why this one's last. Um, And it helps by doing those other two steps first, it helps remove the bias or the subjectivity that um, sometimes creeps into these, um, you know, oh, she was promoted because she's she's your favorite. Um, This removes that favoritism or minimizes that favoritism because you actually have the data and and the skill assessment to actually back up your potential prediction. Mm -hmm. Um, And you also want to know what those people on your team want to do with their career. (laughs) Um, And this is is why, you know, once you see all of the data and you've done all those first two steps, and then you've also seen what their potential is, you want to see if does that match up with what they're looking for out of their employment with your organization or their career hopes and dreams. Um, and their goals. So that's why that step is number three, because you can't really answer those questions until you've put in the work and gathered the data. Um, And that's the assessment, Ed. (laughs) I mean, is there any other relevant information for, you know, this is the base data that you need to be able to actually go to whatever your organization's form or program or or process is and then you just convert it into the right language um or or the right rating system or the you know the right template um you know on the hr system so I, i think this is the data that if you are comfortable doing this like on the fly whether it's mm-hmm. monthly or quarterly, you're no longer going to feel like you don't know what to do or how to affect change right. and drive right. different results through your team. So, so true. So true. You know, one quick thing, Carrie, is that also, you know, when you're a new leader and you're having some a conversation with someone about their progression or where they want to go, mm-hmm. it, it's so much easier as the new leader in the team because you have the data to back it up when you're having that conversation. You may have a new team that people don't really know you and they'd be like, well, how do you know this about me? And it's because (laughs) I have this data and this data is not just, you can share this data. This data is to, it's for you to know and understand your team, yes, but it's also stuff that you can share with someone you're developing. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, this is a great way to actually be able to connect with your team quickly is by being able to do the data analysis up front Mm -hmm. and then have that personal conversation about career and and potential um, as an actual conversation. And it becomes a lot more powerful because you've, you as the leader have kind of put in the work and it doesn't come across as an awkward. So I'm having conversations with everybody that I, you know, on my team so I can get to know you. (laughs) And it becomes a little, it becomes a little less awkward um, when you go into that and say, you know what, I see that you're really strong 
in these three metrics. And like, when I look at the skills that you have, you know, these are your strengths and that really drives this. Like, how how do you see yourself progressing um, in your career? Like, that's a much more powerful conversation than, hi, this is, you know, I'm your new boss and <laughs> let me tell you about myself. Okay, now you tell me about you. Like, that's oh, awkward. <laughs> that's very awkward. So, or, you know, like you said, you're not having that conversation or how many times have you sat in that, com- that, that type of conversation and the person across from you is like, oh, you're only saying this because you don't like me and so-and-so is your favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think those three steps, keep it simple, you know, just keep it super simple. That's why this is an exercise that you can do whenever you want. And if you are not getting, if you are an existing leader and you are not getting the results you think you deserve, um, it might be because your perspective needs a little bit of a shift. Um, And this is how you shift your perspective. This is an unbiased and non-subjective way for you to shift your perspective back to your team and see what they need to be successful in order for you to be successful um, and get the results that you want. So that's how you do it. So recapping today's exercise um, quickly, it, it really it's really a lot more simple than your company lets on. (laughs) It's not that it's not that complicated. Um, And as a new leader, you always feel like things are um, very complicated. So you get lost in the process, not not the purpose. Ooh, that's a really good catchphrase. Don't get lost in the process. Stick to the purpose and have the right perspective because really what a team talent analysis is doing is helping you answer these questions. Are your people performing? Are they learning? Are they in the right place or in the right role? Where can they go? How long is it going to take them to get there? What do they need to reach their potential? Like, and this is what we walked you through, those three steps that we just talked about. That is an on-the-fly, free-form way for you to get those answers and have those answers at the ready. Right. If those types of questions ever come up. And those are questions that actually a leader who is successful is constantly asking themselves. You're constantly asking, are my people performing? You're constantly asking, what do they need? And if you don't have that data on the fly, you're going to be scrambling. And you're probably going to be wasting time. So getting used to doing this is a wonderful, wonderful tool um, to kind of have in your back pocket. Um, Ed, what just remind us again, like as a new leader or a struggling leader, like why, what are three big reasons why why doing something like this is helpful yeah i mean there i to give you three reasons i would say that the first one would be the fact that it gives you a formula that you can use monthly quarterly yearly um and it's created by you 
like you understand it it makes sense to you and you've created this so it's not a it's not necessarily an organizational tool that's been passed on to you and you have to fill out it doesn't become a thing to do it's something that you have created yourself mm -hmm. um i think that's really so it's important habit. it's more of a it habit that you've created yeah. to build to keep your perspective and to right. Um, and to make sure that you have, like you said earlier, your finger on the pulse. Exactly. And it's it's an easy roadmap for you and your team. Mm -hmm. I would say second thing is, is that it helps minimize the bias, as we've said before. So it, it gives you a constant rating and a benchmark of your skills and your behaviors and a baseline of your team. And mm -hmm. like you said, you have that data. It gives you data and you can leverage this with, you know, developing someone or, you know, looking at why you didn't make a result that, you know, or a metric that your company is expecting you to make. You know, you have, you're controlling the controllables. Yeah. You're not looking at those outside reasons to why you didn't make the thing. Yeah, you're and not being excuse-based. Yeah. You're being proactive exactly. about what you can control. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And thirdly, and probably the most important one is that it helps lower the turnover rate oh. within oh, your yeah. team, which is very yep. important. People, people forget about the retention part and yeah. like, especially new leaders forget how yeah. important retention yeah. is yeah it's it's very important and you don't realize the time and effort i'm not saying that hiring someone new into a new role is not a good thing yeah. but what you don't realize is the time and effort it takes to bring a new person in to train that person to bring that person up to the level of where this team is you develop them Whereas where if you've gone through these processes, then you know that when someone moves, you always have a secession plan. Yeah. There's always a plan for any type of movement. Yeah. Um, and that helps keep your turnover rate very low. And I think that's probably one of the things as a new leader we miss. Yeah, I think it takes years to understand um and as you progress in your leadership career the higher you get um yeah. the more the the more you realize retention um is an indicator of of organizational success yeah. um, above and beyond um simple metric results um yeah. and it speaks to culture, um, it, like organizational culture, but it also speaks to engagement, workplace satisfaction, all yeah. of those, um, all of those type of uh, more softer skill mm -hmm. uh, proficiencies um, and measurables that really are about the humanity of a company that you work for. Exactly. Um, that that retention number um can become your um what is the word i'm looking for it, it can actually become a beacon yeah. of the type of leader you are you are yeah um yeah. and if someone has a high turnover rate um assumptions can be made Mm -hmm. Know that you're either tough to work for or you're not the style, you know, you don't match with a company's 
organizational culture. Um, but if you have a great retention rate, it means your people are happy. Um, yeah. And if they you're want to work getting results, you. you know, if you have a high retention rate and you're not getting results, then you know, it might mean something else, but, um, you know, I think understanding that, you know, keeping your yeah. finger on the pulse and truly helping get the right people in the right place for the right result drives retention, um, and lowers cost. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's a higher level of thinking than most new leaders right. have. Um, so right. understanding that from the get-go is really, really key. Um, I mean, I would say, you know, in closing, really being able to do this type of a simple on the fly exercise with those three steps, building your own little spreadsheet or way that you organize the data so you can quickly do this, whether it's monthly or quarterly, um, is a fabulous way to learn a lesson that most leaders don't learn until later in their career. And it's usually yeah. after a bad review or <laughs> a tough conversation with your supervisor um, where you are left feeling frustrated or angry or inadequate or questioning yeah. your ability. Like learning how to do this now early in your career or to change your results quickly um, is an indispensable lesson. Um, and one that I personally wish somebody had taught me earlier in my career, um, because I think I would have gotten quicker success um, and moved and progressed my career faster had yeah, I yeah. known what we taught today. Mm -hmm. um, and exactly. because it's a, it's a way to keep perspective, it's a way to reduce um, and minimize bias. Um, in the workplace, it's a way to reduce your turnover, but above and beyond that, it's a way to connect with your team and make sure your focus is on them to get the right people in the right place for the right result. And that yeah. is ultimately what a leader is, is somebody yeah. who guides people to bring the most value and become the hero of their own story. Right. You know, it's not about you being the hero when you're a leader, it's about you being the guide um, and we forget that, you know, we, we forget that very, very quickly because we become metric driven. I don't want to say monsters, but we become very metric driven. Um, and we lose oh, yeah. the perspective about who it's really about. It's not about us. It's about them. There so, um, in closing, this is Carrie and Ed from Stand Up Retail with a quick lesson on how you can do a short on the fly team talent analysis. Um, we gave you the what, the why, the how. Um, and this is particularly geared towards new leaders or leaders who are struggling. So yep. if this video helped you, hit us up in the comments below. Um, we asked a couple um, for some questions to be dropped down there as well. And we're gonna get right back to those and make sure that we answer all of them. And um, see you next time from Stand Up Retail. Bye guys. <laughs>